totally football show. So much to talk about, listeners. So little time. There's Everton manager news. Goodison finally welcomes the man to take the Toffees back to winning ways. That's David Moyes with his West Ham team. But what a big Sam. After on Wednesday, Everton sink the Clarets, like a pint of, well, claret. Is the situation now rosé? And will it be their opponents having the large wine? Elsewhere, we talk Gattuso again. Andre Villas-Boas is a rally driver, preparing to practice corners in an entirely different sense. Plus, we'll round up everything you need to know ahead of a weekend that includes the first December matches, Pardew against the Palace and Arsenal-Manchester United. As big a test of the Gunners' new winning ways as you could wish for. It's all in the Totally Football Show. Yeah, put those symbols away, Ben, and let's get this show on the road. Many thanks, first of all, to everyone who came along to the Indigo on Wednesday night for our special Totally Football Show live. It was packed. It was heaving, James Horncastle. Was it really? Yeah, that was in the green room. Ian McIntosh was a, a little bit nervous. <laughs> Plus, Kevin Bridges' entourage. Mm. Massive. Yeah. Don't look at him. Don't look at Kevin. <laughs> A lot of black leather no and medallions and stuff. No, 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 it was it was entirely it was very relaxed and, and he's a very funny man. Um and Raphael Honigstein ended the evening with a joke in every cent. Right, killed the game. He became the joke. No. <laughs> oh. no. Julien Laurent's also here, aren't you, Julien? Yes, I am indeed. That's so good. While we were doing all that, of course, there was also some very exciting football going on, which you guys will have been all over. Uh, the game of the night, I'm going to suggest, took place at Goodison. The Toffees beat West Ham and they had Big Sam watching. That's a big, big night. Sometimes not... just presence alone is enough. I mean, that's that's what Zidane has won Champions League Please, with. Please, let's Real not Madrid. compare Big Sam it's and big Zidane. Sam's aura. Just let's not compare Big Sam and Zidane. I'm not a fan. I think they could have done much better than him. Really? Yeah. I, he might do a good job there. I, I don't know. But for me, it makes no sense. When you've tried so hard to get Marco Silva mm. and then in the end, you end up with the complete extreme other you know like other extreme type of manager it makes no sense Jules I appreciate your strong views do you think there's a danger though that we've become used to an idea and a caricature almost of Big Sam because of the firefighting that he was doing at, at for example Sunderland whereas in actual fact he was quite progressive back in his say Bolton days is, is there perhaps is there a chance that with a richer squad of players at, at Goodison he might show us something different this time if you look at the last two jobs excluding England that Allardyce has done in club football, he's been a relative success. He kept right. Sunderland up. He kept Palace up. Um, so, you know, I, I think he, on merit, deserves to be there. He's had some very big wins against big six opponents um, in, in recent times, more so than I can remember Pardew and Moyes mustering. And, yeah, to, again, just to see Moyes take this West Ham team and talk about being uninspired... Uh, just that first half performance from them was mm. unbelievably bad. This whole notion of British managers not getting a chance or young British managers not getting a chance, a lot of people pointing to the fact that it's the same cabal of, of older English bosses who are continually getting these jobs. Fantastic tweet here from Premier League Bible who kind of point out the, the, the shadowy quintet of Pardew, Allardyce, Moyes and Hodgson and Poulis, right? OK, so Everton, of the five, they've only had Allardyce and Moyes so far. West Brom have had Pardew, Hodgson and Poulis. West Ham have had Pardew, Allardyce and Moyes. And Crystal Palace have had Pardew, Allardyce, Hodgson and Poulis. So all they're missing is Moyes to complete the set. <laughs> yeah. It's extraordinary, though, how they just kind of swap... Yeah. You know, they throw the club's keys in the, in the bowl in the middle of the room almost. How many trophies have they won? <laughs> How many trophies have they Zilch. I, I 
guessing is it none? None. And I, that's why I don't I, I don't get that. Hodgson must have won a trophy, no? no in I mean, Switzerland or something. Yeah, in no, Sweden. No, in England, Sweden. I mean. Yeah, I mean, sorry, okay. I mean in England. Uh-huh. But I, I, just, I just don't get it. I All don't right. get why Everton think, yeah, someone that dies. And again, especially after the, the other type of managers that they were pursuing, yeah. to end up with him is, I don't know, I'm disappointed. Okay, Julian. Well, maybe he'll change your mind. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Uh, his presence certainly coincided with a club that had shipped nine goals in their previous two matches, suddenly winning 4-0. But if it wasn't Big Sam's presence, was the real reason playing Rooney or playing West Ham? Let's go with playing Rooney. <laughs> that's more That's more positive, Yeah, isn't this it? was a perfect storm, I suppose. Um, yeah, his first hat-trick in, in what, six, six years? Six years. Um, which, um, yeah, you can make fun of Rooney all you like, but uh, in that sense, just to... To be able to come in and deliver um, at this moment for Everton, um, it's quite remarkable, really. And that hat trick goal uh, was was magnificent. Uh, again, I don't know what Joe Hart was was attempting yeah. to do there. Um, Bruce, rushed, getting rid, huh? Yeah, but getting rid and 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 taking the ball right down the middle of the pitch, mm. which is you know an, an area of danger where you are going to invariably find opposition players. Still, great presence of mind to uh, just. Hoof it down the middle What's that? and score, but can that even count as presence of mind? Is that not one of a bit like his overhead kick, something that is so fast that his body has taken the decision and leaves his brain to explain it to himself later? I imagine, but I think there's still some probably muscle memory there, which yeah. is uh, which, which contributes to that strike. Yeah. But yeah, hard. <laughs> I, I, I just it's Ola Toivonen scored the same one with Sweden against France in June. Lloris made the same mistake as Hart, so. Oh, okay. No, it's, World Cup. no, no, no. But it's a good. <laughs> so, okay, Toivonen's it's a good goal. Was more of a. It had. It didn't it go higher? That it, was the. It went a bit higher, but but it's the similar. Like there's no keeper. Yeah. Oh, no, so yeah. Even Rooney saying saying, "Oh, that's my best goal ever." Mm. I I would disagree. Really? And I would say to Wayne, who listens to the show, the one against West Ham, for example, is a much which is the other one against yes. West Ham. So the one who is like yeah, sorry, the the one with United, where is. The other side, okay, it's the other side of the halfway line, so he's uh-huh. not in his own half, but but there's still the keeper to be beaten. The ball is bouncing. He just he just challenged for the ball. It's far harder for me than this one. I remember a few years ago, my friend Ben Travis, who I, I love dearly and who listened to the show as well, teaching me with his mate one of those games that you have English people where someone passes you the ball backwards and you had to hit it first time and try to score in the goal without the ball bouncing and, mm-hmm. that, and then if you miss you get eliminated and you keep going if you score I don't think it's that hard if you're a professional football player of Rooney's talent to hit the ball like he did even from the halfway line with no keeper no one to beat and for the ball to go in it's a great goal but I don't think it's that hard it's certainly not as hard as the one he scored against West Ham with United alright but it, it was great great return for Rooney I must admit it's so hard to keep up with football my kind of last entry under Rooney was the fact that everyone was saying he has to be dropped from the team. He's a liability. And it, suddenly it turns out that he had to be back in the team. And that, that well, was the problem. Think of how great his start to the season was. Nobody expected him to, to perform as he did in what those first couple of games. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what Allardyce uh, does with him. Because, of course, that was the, the leading narrative whilst he was England manager, wasn't it? Is it time to phase uh, Rooney out? What's his best position mm. for that team? And, um, you know, in the end, it was Southgate who went ahead and made that decision. Although you could say that... Big Sam didn't really have the chance to make it because he was only in charge for one game. But yeah, it'll be uh, curious to see what lineup he goes with uh, this weekend when they play 
Huddersfield. They play Huddersfield. They may have, well, they will have Nias back in contention as well after his two-game ban has ended. Huddersfield, who haven't scored away from home since the opening day, a run that continued this midweek, Jules, at the Emirates against Arsenal. Before we touch on that, quick mention for what awaits West Ham. Do you know what their next three fixtures are? No. Well, they've got Chelsea and Arsenal at home at the London Stadium. But before that, this weekend, they're at Man City. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, let's talk about Wednesday's big spanking at the Emirates. Bittersweet. Bittersweet, would you say, Jules? Because of Lacazette. Is that now seven wins out of seven when Lac and Sanchez start together? Yeah. Lack of threat. Ah, they will. Lack of threat. And and when Ozil and, and... Sanchez and Lacazette start together. It's mm. always a winning, a winning combination as well. So right. it's a shame because he, we we talked about it with Michael Cox, wasn't it, last week when we said that finally he got what Wenger and the other players wanted him to do, which was running behind a bit mm. more than he's used to be before. That was not really his style. He is someone who comes short more than running in behind. That's always the way he's played, and and he had to change a bit to evolve a bit. And once he was doing it, now finally. He get that that groin injury, which I don't think will keep him out for for long. Is he, he's definitely out yeah, for the weekend, is he? Man it. United, of course, is, uh, will be the visitors at, at yeah. the Emirates. We're, we're, we're saving that one up. It's such a special fixture. We're going to save it up for for the end of the show because it's so intriguing. On the one hand, James Jose's got that amazing record against Arsene Wenger, but on the other hand, Jose's got that awful record against top six sides. What? Something's got to give. Yeah, we'll come back to that. We, we, we can. Yeah, got to stay to the end for that, listeners. So, so like yeah. I said, comes off and yes. Giroud, yep. who's been obviously craving for a chance, mm. comes in, scored two goals. Mm. Although you would have scored the two goals that he scored, but still, you scored Rooney's goal as well, as we've established. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Get, but on, Giroud yeah. overtakes Eric Cantona. In, in the ranking of French players who've scored the most goals in the Premier League. Is that right? Yeah, he gets to 72. Cantona finished with 70. He's still fourth behind Saha, Anelka and, and Henri. But, you know... Would you care if that was you? If you were Giroud, would you care about that? Yeah, definitely. Really? I think all players, some probably more than others, but are obsessed in, in many ways with stats and their own stats. I remember, you know what, having dinner one day with a lot of people and Robin Van Persie was there. And mm. Robin Van Persie swore that night I have to name drop him a bit, that he remembered every single goal he scored at a professional level. And I think a lot of strikers are like him. They remember everything, their stats, the goal they scored, where they were, games, etc. Yeah, Emil Heskey, I believe, remembers every goal he scored for England. Yeah, because they're not that many, but, you know. So I think think all of them... we'll just put that one away in our own (laughs) cupboard. Cobwebs in here. I Um, think he would, you know, he would... Yeah, that kind of thing, you know, the amount, um, number of appearances and yeah. things like that. It's important also, to them. Also fourth in the uh, all-time substitute goals uh, list in the Premier okay, League. Niche stat. Very niche, start. but he'll, of course, be very well aware of that. Possibly And so. he will start He Will, start, like will he United. start against yeah, Man United? I think so. Well, well, is that his first start in how long? Oh, that's a good goal. I think, uh, like I said, had a thigh injury at some point. Just, just kept him out okay. for one game and I think he might... But he didn't go with, say, Sanchez as a false nine or anything, did he? Well, no, actually, you're right. He started Wellbeck even once again Wellbeck. ahead. So actually, you know what? Wellbeck. You're right. Maybe, maybe... There's a little bit of <coughs> yeah, narrative yeah. With, yeah, with, yeah, with, right. with Danny as well. I'm not even that anyway, sure, yeah. more of yeah, all yeah. of this later. <sighs> Sorry. We're going to end up talking talking all our good stuff before. But, but um, yeah, so Lacazette, that's going to be... Huddersfield, though, who had defended so magnificently 
almost to the, to the end of that clash with Man City at the weekend. Were, do you think they were just worn out mentally from that because they didn't look anything like the same team defensively in this? Well, they were undone in four minutes. Yeah, exactly. really. Okay. Um, and I, I think I was at a live show. I didn't see. Yeah. Um, I mean, after Lacazette's goal, yeah, straight after kickoff, yeah, it was about what, an hour uh, until uh, Arsenal then really started. Um, scoring again where Ozil suddenly turned it on with those two assists and the goal so they they did hang in there and certainly after the the beginning of the second half they had a they had a good spell they had a couple of chances where Czech almost made a hash of thing punching punching the ball onto the bar Mm -hmm. and you had a you had a sense that oh maybe you know they could get something out of that and then Ozil just completely took over took control he looked like a man on a mission and decided the game and it was beyond them he looked like a man whose contract was ending Bournemouth nil, Southampton nil, Leicester nil, Burnley nil, Stoke City nil, Swansea nil. It doesn't look like there are too many goals out there this weekend, listeners, but with two up from Paddy Power, you can back any team in the Premier League or La Liga to win, and if they go two goals up, Paddy will pay out immediately as a winner, even if that team ends up losing. So if you think Liverpool can continue where they left off against Stoke and hold on to a lead when they go two up away at Brighton this weekend, before Alberto Moreno and co do their usual, it doesn't matter. Who says 2-0 is the most dangerous scoreline? Head to paddypower.com to find out more. T's and C's apply. Win, draw, win, singles only. Exclude shop and cashed out bets. 18 plus only. Be gamblerware.org and when the fun stops, stop. Also midweek, some great goals. I mean, we, we, we touched on Wayne Rooney's blistering with the laces power driver from inside his own half. But there was also Salah's brilliant volley. Oh, oh. Did you like that one, Jules? Oh, I love that one. <clears throat> what I about one. Jesse Lingard and his Maradona-esque dribble <laughs> to seal the game away at Vicarage Road? Did you catch that? Yeah, I did. Mm. I'm not that impressed. What? No. Actually, Why? Young's free kick. Did you pre- oh, I prefer that. Thank you. And what I love about a free kick is Young mm. is celebrating before the ball is nowhere near the goal, which right. I love. There were two absolutely blistering goals the previous night on Tuesday when Leicester took on Spurs at the King Power Stadium. The Vardy goal, oh, that over-the-shoulder wow. volley, yeah. that was brilliant. Though. That was fantastic. And the Mahrez, um solo solo effort. See, Vardy, I do believe that he thought that through. Yeah. It had that be. kind of insouciant flick to it. That, yeah. Yeah. Which we're not used to seeing him you know, scoring goals like that where he doesn't, doesn't hit the ball hard well, and almost in the middle kind right. of thing. And indeed scoring goals at all because there was an amazing stat about the fact that I think last season when he scored in this fixture, he uh, it was 11 games in a row that he'd scored in. And this time around he hadn't scored, I think, in nine. But the thing with Vardy is um, he does score these kind of goals um, because his record against the top six is, amazing. is unbelievable. And how about against Spurs, who are now seventh? Ah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah but he's point. knocked them out of the six now. Oh, yeah, that's true. So 20 Him goals in 39 games. Yeah, how many? 20 goals in 39 games against the top six. Wow. That's, really good. that's what happens when your wife goes... Uh, to the what? jungle. Yeah, to the, the jungle. jungle, yeah. Is his wife in the jungle? Yeah, yeah, she is. On the basis, what, that she's... She's a celebrity. Okay. I'm not... I haven't been keeping up with this... No, neither do I, but my... Yeah. I'm told she's come across rather well. Oh, he's watching! <laughs> he's watching! Oh, my word. Really? <laughs> He's yeah. watching I'm a celebrity. Who else is in it? Boris Johnson's dad. Who's not a celebrity either, is he? Do you know what? I've heard enough. Yeah. I, already feel, <laughs> I feel a bit sick in my mouth. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, great goals in the Leicester Spurs game. And you have to say, Claude Puel, the Fox Whisperer. The Fox Whisperer. And, and you know, let's, let's give him a bit more time before, uh, before hailing him as a genius. But 
you know, we did say when he was appointed that maybe he was just a bit harshly treated before that all he did at Southampton was not bad and that he yes he was not the sexiest type of football but there were still very good things about him and mm. I'm glad that he had an impact straight away at Leicester that he got them playing well and and they can still improve but they're up to ninth Jules yeah, it's good it's really good he's doing a lot of kind of good things that I think Leicester fans are, are pleased with for example like uh, last on Tuesday night he mm. gave uh, Hamza Chowdhury the 20 year old midfielder um, a chance at a very kind of delicate moment in the game when you know they were looking to see that one out I think he ended up playing Okazaki which every kind of Leicester manager from Branieri Shakespeare thinks they can do without until they realise actually he's the one who gets Leicester being Leicester and uh, and also one of their summer signings Ibora was really good I thought yeah, against yeah. Spurs really silky um, so yeah they're, they're looking they're looking decent and just the whole attitude the kind of drive the, the hunger of the team seemed to be there again I know it's early days there is still an element of new manager bounce but what for example happens when Adrian Silva becomes available in a couple of weeks time realistically are we looking at a team that's going to make a late challenge for Europe or am I losing the run of myself here no no I think you're right and, and if there may be again, what another... does Silva bring to the party he brings uh, leadership. I think he's very good on the ball. He's uh, very interesting in his movement with the ball and without the ball. And I think him and Ibora would make a very good partnership. Although you've got Ndidi as well, who is that sort of holding players who you know break down the opposition's attacks and things like that. So they might go to three in midfield, Ibora, mm. Silva and Ndidi, which I think would be very, very solid, very strong. And then if you have Damare Gray... Vardy and, and, and Mares, the three up front, for example, that could be very, very interesting for, for Leicester. But talking about the, the young players, that's what Puel has always been very good at. You know, he has flaws, that's for sure, like every manager, but he's always been very good at developing players. And we saw that at Southampton and we, we, we're seeing that already at Leicester. And I wouldn't be surprised if Chilwell, for example, was, you know, playing now until the end of the season ahead of Fuchs if Chadri was coming on regularly and, you know, those kind of those kind of players that clearly have some talent and he would have seen that straight away. It's now one win in six domestically for mm. Spurs. Raffle pointing out that since Guillaume Balaguer published his book <laughs> Brave yeah. New World, they've picked up four points in five games since that one dropped. Wow. OK, Spurs will be at Watford this weekend while Leicester host Burnley, who, of course, had another away win uh, this weekend... Something we'll touch on later on, but I'm pretty sure they're still unbeaten on the road, are they not? Just yeah, I think, I think so, Jim. Uh, they lost once, but to be honest, as Antonio Conte says, just forget about Man City. Yeah. They don't exist. Ha! It was a way... It's a 19-team league. Yeah. Of for, course. For Spurs, you see how much they miss Toby Alderweireld because more yeah. than than uh, Guillaume Balaguer's book about Pochettino, it's really has un- unraveled since he got injured. And, and you can see that people who he makes look so good, like Vertonghen, for example, when Alderweireld is not there, actually don't look that good anymore. It's certainly another fact. It's great to see Coco Lamella come back. Yes. Lay lay on uh, the goal for Harry Kane. Instant impact. We'll talk much more about this kind of thing. We've got Liverpool, we're going to talk about Man City, all that sort of stuff on the way right now, though. A little interlude. Ha! Speaking of managers taking on surprising jobs this week, I was shocked to hear about Andre Villas-Boas. I know, that was my story. Obviously... This is the biggest story of the week for me. Okay. <laughs> so he was at... Shanghai. In, Shanghai SIPG. Yeah, SIPG, sorry. Okay. In China, yep. um, being obviously very, very well paid and doing an okay job there and decided to gi- give it all up. When's he actually going to hang up his, well, uh, sh- shiny 
tight fitting suit. Now suits. I believe. Oh, just now. Well, yeah. You know, this isn't a complete surprise because I remember when he won the Europa League with Porto uh-huh. in Dublin. After the game, he was asked, you know, how long do you see yourself being in football? And he said, maybe 10 years because I'd quite like to be a powerboat racer. And you know, now he's going into rally driving. Well, he's a big... His, he's it, got his, super bikes. Do you remember he's got like five super yes. bikes? Yeah. Now this rally, mechanics, yeah. this is the Dakar rally he's going to do. Yeah. Uh, he's quit to fulfil his dream of doing the Dakar rally, which confusingly doesn't involve Dakar anymore. No. He used to be from Paris to Dakar, but everyone yeah. kept dying. Was that the issue? Or yeah. Was yeah. Very there was dangerous. a lot of issues in Africa yeah. with security and stuff like that. Now it's Peru to Argentina. Peru, yeah, Bolivia and Argentina, America. where everything's completely safe, of course. <laughs> uh, he will be driving a, a, a large Toyota uh, following the tyre prints of his uncle who completed uh, that rally in 1982. So the Dakar in France is huge. Right. That's why I love the story so much because okay. I grew up watching it with my dad. You know, like everybody watches the Dakar in France. So when I saw that story, I was like, what? Is this for real? Like him giving up his, his job to go and, and, and take part in the, in the, well, in the Dakar rally. Mm. I think I find it incredible. He was going to do it on a bike. And they said, yeah, maybe four wheels for your first... Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, it. both are really hard. But, you know, trucks trucks take part, big buggies as well. It's, it's all, all sorts. It's a bit like Mad it's Max amazing. Beyond Thunderdome. It's just loads of vehicles. Crazy. Yeah, mm. with amazing, you know, like sunsets and images and everything. It's fantastic. fantastic. You know, he's going to have the time of his life. It's just, it's just weird that, uh, you know, I guess it's easier to do maybe, no offence to Chinese football, but there than if you're like Antonio Conte at Chelsea halfway through the season and you know what I'm going to have just a couple of months to go and do the Dakar it's brilliant isn't it rather it's than say, hanging around other managers training grounds like like bosses usually do yeah, yeah, on exactly. their time off but th- th- if, if Dakar can get one or two more celebrities involved like maybe yeah, extended members of the, the, the Johnson family or any, <laughs> anything like that or Boris himself why not Imagine. and that would be brilliant because this is TV gold the- it really is. You put a little GoPro inside the car and just yeah. imagine them like getting lost in the in Peru. And I tell you what, cogs are whirring in my brain. Uh, <laughs> what would you quit football for, Jules? I would be a basketball NBA player for the New York Knicks. Really? Is that your yeah. dream? You'd yeah. like to play basketball? Yeah. yeah. What about you, At James? that level, yeah. Porn, <laughs> obviously. But, uh, <laughs> no, I've done that. I've done that. <laughs> um, Porn <laughs> audio books. <laughs> <laughs> I would quite like to be a, uh, a Formula One driver, but not for the driving. It's just yeah. for basically the lifestyle. Right. Where you, you know, you go I around. I see the you world as a, a Formula One driver in the open cockpit. I mean, they're all open cockpit, but you know, they're all kind of Jack Surtees, kind of nineteen sixties, yeah. with the kind of the flashing green livery and the, the yeah that you, you'll be wearing perhaps uh, maybe a James Garner esque kind of high turtleneck jumper. Uh, ah, yes, well. You, yeah, under your overalls. I am partial to one of those. Bingo. Hey, this is a nice tie-in. Also trying to rally Gennaro Gattuso. <laughs> <laughs> trying to rally me. me yeah, 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 yeah. I'll yeah. get you there. I'll get you there. Okay. Um, right, because this was... I mean, we touched on this on Monday, but I think we should have a proper chat about this now. A lot of people very excited. Some people quite perplexed. Here's one of them, Mark Malbas, who says, Gattuso, why? Why, James? Because they've sacked Vincenzo Montella. That's oh, yeah, that's why. True. Because uh, he's yeah. pretty much the only member of that team left that they haven't tried. No, they've been through like Seedorf, Inzaghi. Yeah. Is, she, he, is this one going to work? I don't think it is. Um, why? Well, because yeah, this is a, a trick that they keep trying to repeat, um, and it's just not worked for them in the past. For example, you know, ever since they got rid of Allegri, they went with Seedorf. They got rid of him. It didn't work. They brought in Pippo Inzaghi. It didn't work. 
They then brought in Mihailovic, sacked him, and brought in Christian Brocky. So they basically keep promoting the youth team guy, and uh, they reveal themselves to be completely out of their depth. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the omen um, that uh, there is with, with Gattuso, because Ooh. basically every job he's had, uh-huh. um, the club has then gone bankrupt. <laughs> you know, So you look at... Um, well, Milan is kind of bankrupt already. Well, this, this is the thing. So, yeah, Crete, you know, he had to walk away from that job in December because they weren't paying anyone the wages, and uh-huh. uh, they folded. And then he went to Pisa, got them promoted, and uh, there was a takeover there, which didn't happen. Wages going unpaid, and then they got relegated. Um, so, yeah, with me, it's, it's it's quite a dangerous precedent, you know, in, in um, uh, that Catuzo set throughout his career, I suppose. Right. And, um, but they do have a, a fairly straightforward run of fixtures. Well, we'll come until on to that in a, break. In, in a second. I just want to mention this from uh, from um, Clash City Clarky, who points out that. Gattuso had previously applied for Hamilton Academicals and been turned down. And does this now mean that Aki's FC are bigger than Milan? <laughs> <laughs> so go on then. Uh, after his exciting stints at Sion, mm-hmm. Palermo, Crete, and uh, well, the Primavera of, of Milan, he gets to debut on the Milan bench against Benevento. Benevento. Wow. Jules, How 14... amazing it would be if Benavento, who, as you were about to say, Jimbo, have lost 14 in 14 this season, yep. which no one has ever done ever in the history of the whole football. Anywhere. If they get a point against they will. or more, even three, they that would be amazing. They will, it. you know they will. They will. The great thing is, is that there's, a now, there's now the dynamic where the pressure is always on ben, Benavento's opponents. Mm. Because if you screw up against them, <laughs> if you drop points against them, you look silly. You're ashamed. So... Yeah, I think oh, it's they on. came really close again this Monday. They were playing Atalanta, decent yeah. side away from home, and it was a late. What was it? Last fifteen minutes or so in Atalanta. Yeah, Cristante. Mm. But officially, as you say, the worst team ever. We'll see this. When's that game coming up? It's Sunday lunchtime. I think. Yeah. So I wonder if that's going to be televised. That's huge. I mean, it'll be available somewhere. You know, if you take my point. Victor Atsu Tamaklo uh, wants a, an update on Milan's financial situation. Well, it looks bleak in, in part. Any because, developments since we last we touched on this? Well, they've been chasing new investors, um, chasing someone else who can give them a loan at a more favourable rate, or at least in, uh, for longer. Because they're um, essentially in the hands of kind of corporate loan sharks. Yes, exactly. They took out a 303 million euro loan um, to get the takeover over the line. That's due to be repaid. Um, in less than a year now. Mm. And uh, it's been taken out at a very high interest rate, I think of, what, 11% or something like that. So they're trying to find someone else to loan them that kind of money. But um, there's a great uh, piece of investigative journalism from the New York Times, uh, what, a week or so ago, where they went looking for <laughs> Lee Yong Hong and basically found, you know, office spaces that, uh, you know, were empty and there was you know, maggots in the bin. And, uh, yes. Um, to be fair, that's where you'd put them. I'd be more concerned <laughs> if they weren't. But, yeah, essentially all the assets which this guy says he has, like mines, etc. there's no, no sign of them actually... Mm. Um, yeah, precarious, precarious indeed, and also they're still waiting to hear what UEFA are going to do about their kind of plea bargain on the massive yeah. overspend on financial fair play. All in all, not very good. Uh, also coming up this weekend, by the way, in Italy, 
There's a very exciting Sampdoria-Lazio game. Sampdoria, what is it, six wins in six at home? Or seven at home, seven? yes, perfect at home. I think yeah. it's seven if you count the game that they played against Genoa in the derby, which okay. was technically away from home. Right. Um, but, but Lazio may be busting out. They might be giving a start to Jordan Lukaku in that game. Is that right? Well, Lukaku deserves to be playing because whenever he has got a chance under uh, Simone Inzaghi, he's done very well. The problem is he's got uh, a quote-unquote Lazio legend in front of him, Senad mm. Lulic, who scored the winning goal in the Coppa Italia final to beat Roma. But uh, Lukaku definitely deserves to, to be starting for Lazio at the moment. Right. Before any of that takes place, though, Friday night, have oh, some yeah. of Napoli-Juventus. Juve, who basically owned Serie A, well, actually, probably for quite... <laughs> but, no, basically, they, they've won the last six titles, no? Yes. Yeah, six, I lose track. But they're now in third place. I mean, this is unthinkable. They are four points behind Napoli. Uh, they've only won once in the last 13 visits there. Eight yeah. defeats in that time, James. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, this game is, is very delicate because um, Napoli, if they win, uh, will go seven points mm. clear. Um, Juventus have got to play Inter and Roma uh, before the winter break. And right. a lot of people have been questioning Napoli's depth. Well, if they get to January with a nice, comfortable cushion at the top of the table, then they can maybe bring in someone to stand in for Mertens or stand in for some of their other big players. Um yeah, they might then be able to add that depth, which would allow them to sustain. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Because yeah. Durant is the, the owner, very much a succeed first, spend money exactly. later yeah. kind of guy. Uh, Inter, you mentioned there, they're in second place. They're only two points by Napoli. So equally, if Juve do get the win, mm. Inter at home to Kievo, so they could well go back on top of the pile. All very interesting there's, there's, in Italy. as well the, the, the fact that in previous years, this the kind of game away from one where Juve would have been very strong defensively, solid, and then Dybala or Iguain and Monikus would have scored. But not this time because mm. they defended mm. so bad. They've been defending quite badly in regards to what they've done before. I mean, you know. Yeah. So. 0-0 Friday night. There we go. <laughs> um, so now, <clears throat> that's all very exciting, Jules. And if you like the sound of that, listeners, you may enjoy the sound of this. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be a new arrival in the Toodley family early 2018. We'll have more details for you soon. More Premier League, though, after this. Tweet us at The Totally Football Show. Find us on Facebook and check us out at thetotallyfootballshow.com. Hey, the boys are chatting. Hey, listeners, the boys are chatting amongst themselves. Hand gestures involved. What's going on? Oh, we're talking about uh, the Copa Libertadores final, which ah, was last night. No way. Yeah. I missed that. And uh, Gremio won. No way. But uh, it was, at, um, it was wow. at Lanús. So Gremio got fed after midnight. <laughs> That's really weak, actually. Please just go on without me. <laughs> but um, there's this great photo of a Lanús fan who's, I'd say, maybe in his... In his sixties, who's who's he looks like he's a capo ultra, uh-huh. and he's basically stood on a, on a fence in nothing but his pants and a pair of slippers. Well, it's, it's summer over there, of course. Ah, well, okay. Um, have a look for that online if you like that kind of thing, listeners. While we discuss some more of the exciting things that happen midweek in the Premier League, like Man City, very much in a league of their own, although. Crikey, if Southampton didn't very nearly bring them back down to earth on Wednesday night. Final, literally the final kick of the game, Raheem Sterling, sparking wild celebrations on the touchline. Again, um, yeah, he just keeps doing it for Mm. them. And you have to say that Sterling, uh, for all of how good Man City are as a collective, 
um, he's the difference at the moment um, because without what these um, goals that he's been scoring from what the 84th minute on he scored four of them four winners um, the gap at think at the top would be just four points and uh, as Guardiola was saying last night uh, there was no space for them to play through that Southampton defence particularly in the 95th minute that I think there were maybe 10 Southampton players behind the ball and he picked uh, picked that spot wonderfully. It was a great goal from Sterling. He was mm. just in such superb form for City at the moment. Housemaster says, Edison or Buffal, who has the better touch? Was it Buffal who killed that? was a long ball upfield that he just killed ahead of the Southampton goal. Yeah, mm. it's oh. a long cry. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, just check it because it's it's... Incredible! It really is incredible. I think he's an incredible player. I really do. And why does why doesn't he do more at Southampton? I don't know. I think the way they play is quite defensive style of football, especially when you go to City, which you know I get. I get that. So, but but still, I, I still think he's not. He doesn't have the freedom that he should have in in you know in in normal circumstances for him to shine really because he's. It's the kind of play that I think, a bit like Mares, you should say, listen, do whatever you want. I don't care. Mm. You know, the others will defend for you. Don't have to defend. Just just find the pockets, find the space that you want, and we give you the ball and then do your magic because he's a he's a little magician in many ways. And that first touch on that on that goal was outstanding. Certainly was. Neil says, looks like it's everyone else fighting for second spot at the minute. Then looking at the fixtures, what's the team's predictions on who will be the next side to actually beat Man City? Well, well, it's interesting you should say that, Neil, because James, the Manchester derby is coming up uh, on the tenth of December. Mm. Yeah, so uh, yeah, can Mourinho stop mm. stop Guardiola? I think uh, we we saw that last year. That, um, or particularly in the first game at Old Trafford, he couldn't. But I was impressed by Southampton, and yeah, they had a couple of chances to score in addition to the one that Romeo got from mm. corner kicks. Um, yeah, they hit the bar. I think Yoshida could have done better on another chance, and Fraser Forster also kept them in that game as well with some big saves. So, I think uh, it, it's the kind of game plan that Mourinho will probably look look at as well. It's quite similar to the one that that that, that he usually deploys in big games, which, mm. um, as we know, he's not very good at anymore. Well, there's one of those coming up this yeah. weekend. We'll talk more about that later on, especially on the etc. So on. I think um, it's the first time this season that City didn't have the most expected goals in a game. Southampton had a bigger expected goals than them. 1.55 against 1.44. How about that, listeners? No, yeah. I think on the subject of Sterling... They tired a bit, I have to say. <laughs> on the subject of Sterling, who's now got 12 goals. That's yeah. remarkable. Is it? Would you have... If you were building a team, would you have him or Salah in? Or, I mean, both. I still think Salah can be amazing in any team, in right. any style of football, in any league... I think that Sterling is is having an amazing season a lot because of Pep and mm-hmm. a lot of because of the City team he has around him and that confidence that Pep is giving him and the rest of the team and that I'm not sure if he would be that good in a, a tougher environment or in a team that was playing different kind of football whereas I think Salah would perform anywhere okay. anytime. So I would have Salah. Personally. James? Yeah, I think I would take Salah even though um, Sterling seems to have gone to a complete other level um, this year. This is already his best ever season, and it's only well, it's still it's, it's still November. Yeah. Well, speaking uh, of that kind of stat, I mean, how about Mo Salah's record at Liverpool, where since Suarez, we touched on this before, no one had scored more than twelve goals in a season, and he's now in the Premier League, and he's now on how many? Fourteen. Yeah, fourteen with the braces as well. Yeah. I mean, and again, we're only a third of the way mm. through the season. Just ridiculous. We, we we briefly mentioned Liverpool and their 3-0 win 
at Stoke. That's a clean sheet away from home. It is against Stoke, though. I'm but not sure still, that counts. Jules. Does that count? Yeah. yeah, it counts. But Mignolet probably should have been sent off. It was not perfect, but like you said, it's a clean sheet. It's something maybe you can build on. Joe Gomez certainly, I think he's really, really improving. Yeah. I would like still to see him as a centre back and not as a right back. Solanke. Solanke as well. That was Solanke his first Premier League start yeah. and he set up the first goal. Brilliant piece of work from him. Completely took out three players with that pass for Mane. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a, I wouldn't say a new look Liverpool team, but because Klopp likes to rotate some up. They made six changes. It was a 4-4-2 with Mane and Oxlade-Chamberlain on the wings and then Firmino and Solanke yeah. starting up front for them. Um and they got it done. So. And, and no Henderson. And remember what we said about him in the holding role yeah. in front of the defence? And mm-hmm. I think that he played China and Wijnaldum yesterday. And for me, it was it was a different ball game. But, Jules, it was only Stoke. I know, it was only Stoke. <laughs> right. Liverpool yeah, away well. at Brighton this weekend. I mentioned before, sorry if I'm going back on this a little bit, listeners, the fact that City hosting West Ham. Good news here for Hammers fans is that they actually beat City at the Etihad in Pellegrini's final season. The bad news would be probably the fact that last season they met three times and City won all three with an aggregate score of 12 goals to one. 3-1, 4-0, Yeah, I think it'll be five this time around as yeah. well. Well, also because there's no Joe Hart because he's on loan from City. Such a shame. Uh, okay, I'll dial this down to three then. 3-0. Three <laughs> that's, that's probably better for West Ham not to have him in goal. <laughs> you boys are so cruel. <laughs> Lee Gibson says, please discuss Pep's Pep talk <laughs> uh, with Redmond at the end of City Southampton. He reckons if he did that at the end of five side, he'd get a punch from the opponent. It was a, the act of a man full of confidence who almost regards the entire league as his <laughs> as his students. No, I'm going to. So, I've done telling Raheem Sterling to stand sideways. Now I'm going to sort out your players as well. Mm. I mean. His his whole attitude is like to uh, kill people with kindness. By the way, right. he presents this because he was just telling Nathan Redmond that, "Oh, you're a super player. You're so good. You're so good. Why are you playing like this? <laughs> Why are you playing defensive football from 50 years ago?" It's just. Um, but I thought Redmond seemed to deal with it quite well. Yeah, it, just, it was like this is preposterous. Well, I wonder I how laughing uh, at him. Pellegrino feels about it. Mm. Well, not I mean, great, I would think. Well. It's the truth, though. They play very defensive football. Yeah, Maybe that's what you do, but even when it's not against City, they do. I like but Pep's not... enthusiasm, but it just feels like he's crossed a bit of a line there telling... It's not new against Leicester. He did exactly the same. Did he? Him, him and Klopp. Yeah. Um, congratulate. I'm not, that might not be the word, but go to each opposition's player at the yeah. end of the game. They wait for them all to go back into the tunnel and the dressing room to shake their hands or give them a hug. Which I find amazing. I have to say, if I was if I was a player, let's say at Huddersfield, yeah. you know, and we've just lost and I'm a big gutted, but Pep Guardiola comes in and say like, well, you know, well done. I think he's great, and not many. I don't think many do it, but with Mares especially, he was he was giving him the Redmond chat of like, you're very good, you're this, you're that. Mm. And in a way, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. No, I d- and you could see his love of the game. Just That's the he couldn't contain himself. But remember with with Joshua Kimmich when he was at Bayern Munich. It's an, an evangelistic that... fervor almost. <laughs> yeah, but uh, with Kimmich, so even his yeah. his own players, whether that's a training or especially after the game be, be, between Bayern and Dortmund, he, he knows that the TVs are there. But he does. He, I think he's, he is in his own world and he doesn't you know realize. And he he grabbed Kimish and in front of everybody, like literally gave him a kiss. No, it was oh. like do you remember? It was yeah, like yeah. A, a proper I don't, telling off is a bit too hard, but he was clearly not happy with something Kimish done. And in front of everybody, he was just like ah, a bit like the Redmond thing last night. It's, mm. It was crazy, but that's I think that's that's the way he is. Wow. 
great bomber jacket as well. I mean, he's just redefining he's the so style cool. of, of the so manager. Cool. He's so cool. I, when I first saw that, I didn't think it was a manager. I thought a fan had got onto the pitch, a <laughs> sort of well-dressed fan. It was like, <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah. Oh, quick word on Chelsea and their wonder win over Swansea. Poor Renato Sanchez. Poor Renato Sanchez. Oh but my God! There was people would miss it. I would after our show. I watched the match today, and they were kind of perplexed by. Yeah. But this is exactly what we were discussing with the Mainz goalkeeper. You remember mm. yeah. uh, earlier in, in November? I can't remember what the phrase for it is. When your your brain essentially just sees a shape and wrongly identifies it, and and yeah, poor chap, poor chap. Another poor chap there. Uh, we were bigging up Cesar Aspilicueta, yeah. Spanish Dave. On uh, Monday, he'd started, as you know, 74 games in a row for Chelsea, a run going back to December 2015. Uh, I spent 6.8 million fancy money oh, to put him in my no team. Way. And what happens? <laughs> He's benched for the first time. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, anyway, sorry, I'm not going to talk about fancy. Now, another little break and then more things. No, and then MLS, Liga, you betcha. Listeners to Footballing Podcasts will know that there's enough tough decisions to make these days without having to worry about which razor to use. So why don't you take the hassle out of your shaving routine by signing up with our pals Cornerstone. Never run out of blades, never need to shop again, just let them know how often you shave and they'll take care of the rest. Get £10 off your first order and find out more about your perfect shave box at cornerstone.co.uk slash totally. MLS conclusion of the conference finals Jules you're all over sport yeah Do you, have you been watching the conference finals yeah Josie have Altidore you? Josie Altidore was incredible last night okay so what happened it was the second leg of their conference final against Columbus Crew Tor- yeah. Toronto Columbus Crew exactly uh-huh. and what happened and Josie Altidore obviously you know Sunderland, Sunderland legend yeah. mm. uh, got injured on a tackle well it looked like badly injured he, he received yeah. treatment for a long time and decided you know as a warrior that he is and he's a big lad yep. to stay on for a little bit Score the goal, which is amazing because he was, the guy was actually limping. He celebrated like on one leg almost uh-huh. uh, and then came off because he couldn't take it anymore. And all that in the space of, I don't know, maybe tw- 20 minutes, something like that, 15 minutes. So Toronto goes through to, and the, they won. to the World Series of MLS. Yes, yeah, so they won their conference and then we play the, uh, the cup final against... Whether it's either going to be Seattle or Houston. Is yes. that second yeah. leg taking place yet? No, that's tonight. That's tonight, yeah. is it? Okay, Houston are two nil up, and that'll yeah. be at like two a.m. in the morning or so. Yeah. I know you'll be watching, Jules. You also, and how you fitted this in, I don't know, sports <laughs> fan that you are, fanatic that you are, because there was also a full round of fixtures in France oh, as yeah. well. Yes, that was good actually. Did you watch those as well, Jules? Yeah, I watched. Be honest, did you yes, watch them? I watched the French match of the day, and I watched the Monaco game and the PSG game, obviously. Yeah. Okay. What happened in them then? Monaco have lost the third game in a row for the wow. first time in eight years. What? It's incredible. They're now fourth in Ligue 1. They are because Marseille won and played really well again and they are on a run with, with Rudy Garcia, our friends. And they're doing really well. And, and Lyon, who were the team in form yeah. before, got beaten by Lille, yeah. who came out of the dead. So once they got rid of Bielsa. Got who's come in for him? Uh, it's a guy called Joao Sacramento, who's only 29, oh. who is Luis Campos... Uh, right-hand man with Campos being the sporting director at the club and he put his his mate there as an interim right now but I wouldn't be surprised if actually Sacramento got the job and they played really well against Lyon they defended the, well the Sacramento Kings yes the new Kings in Liga and and in fairness they, they deserved their win although they rode their luck a bit in the end because Fekir Mariano Diaz missed a few chances for Lyon but, and, and Fekir missed a penalty as well but credit to Lille okay know. 
not an easy place to go and win. The no. Stade de Lumière. Especially, you know, they were unbeaten at home, Lyon, and they had an incredible run of yeah. games without conceding a goal, winning, scoring a lot of goals. And yeah. yesterday, Lille won 2-1. OK, what's going on at Nice? Nice, you will recall, under Claude Puel, were one of the top uh, teams in France, no? Yeah, the Lucien Favre. Did. And they're now going down to Ligue 2. Well, no, because they won yesterday. Oh, did in they? a game that they should have never won. They were 1-0 down against Toulouse, then down to 10 men in the first half, Dante got sent off. Right. And then in the second half, Balotelli scored yep. a penalty to make it 1-1. And right at the end, they scored, they scored a second goal to win it 2-1. It's incredible, incredible stuff. And they showed that, you know, even if things are not going your way, if you keep fighting, keep believing. you believing. hold on Yeah, no, no, really. I was, I was glad for them. I was really glad for them. <laughs> OK, then. Uh, in Spain... Gareth Bale came back and they booed him on his return. That's rotten. Yeah, now he's injured again. No way. Yeah. Just precautionary. No, it's a precaution. Is my not he came back and within 60 seconds he'd got an assist with his first touch. This is in the Copa del Rey uh, Real drawing with uh, Fuenlabrada. Mm. Fuenlabrada. Yeah, who played at the uh, Fernando Torres Stadium. Is that right? But this was at the Burnabout. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, now he's injured again or it's... Uh, they're not sure. I think he's no, out think for the weekend, no? Yeah, he it's got? more about precaution. Case of Gareth Bale or, or yeah. what? Talking ass. about talking about Torres though, he oh, scored yeah. two goals. I know yes. it's only the cup, but so the first player to score a brace at the new Van Damme Metropolitano. Okay, he was also the last player to score a brace at Vincent de Calderon. Is that right? So it's a bit more history for him. Made yeah. that his goal, which is lovely. That is nice. Here's a question for you. Mimikolaj Masiozic says. The gap between first and sixth in the Premier League is the same as between sixth and 18th. What does it mean? It means Spurs are now closer to Palace than they are to City. Really? City. Spurs yeah. have more chance, numerically speaking, of going to the Championship than they do of winning the Championship. Yeah. Spurs <laughs> fans, chew on that while we take a quick break and then we come back with more stuff about the Premier League. OK, so what are we looking forward to most this weekend that we haven't already discussed? I know the answer to this, but let's just, let's just go through the formality of discussing the other matches before we get on to Arsenal-Man United. Chelsea-Newcastle, for example. Chelsea welcoming back, welcoming back a popular manager from their recent past. Newcastle are on a, a rotten run of form. They did get midweek their first point in, what was it, five matches? But in those five matches, they've only scored two goals and then one own goal. So, uh, yeah, doesn't look that good. I think they lost five-one the last time they went to the bridge. Yeah, I think they have the worst record of any team in London as well. Okay, um, they hate coming down south, and I think the the only time they've ever won at the bridge was uh, by virtue of that incredible Papis Cisse yeah. goal. Do you remember? Oh, wow. I was there actually. Yeah, yeah, I was in the press box, and with an amazing view, we were right behind. That was it. a really injury-ravaged Newcastle side. Mm. It, was, yeah. it was the Pardew year where they were amazing. They almost qualified for right. the Champions League. That was Pardew. that was the year with Kabay and, and all of that. Well, I had this little question here: Watford taking on Spurs. Who would you rather have as manager, Silver or Potch? And you were going to give your answer. I was going to say no. It's Alan Pardew. <laughs> cool. But let's just skip all of that and go straight to the West Brom section because sexy football is back oh at the God. Hawthorns. Yeah. Um, there's, actually, there's loads of comments here from Luke Freeman, Steve, all basically saying much the same thing you said back in part one about why do they keep hiring these people. And jo- James, you handle this then. What what are they seeing in Alan Pardew that they're... Uh, that, 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 yeah, of course, it's a clash with his former club, mm. Palace. Maybe if it's for one game only, you know, it's a, it's a grudge match Well, he match does usually him. have a terrific start, doesn't he? Yeah, and he felt that uh, he deserved more time. 
at mm. uh, <laughs> Palace, even though what they were on their worst run in the football league in in that calendar year. Mm. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're looking for some dance moves. I mean, he says he's been taking cues from uh, learning from the English rugby team, learning oh, really? from uh, Formula One teams like Force India, who came fourth in the constructors' championship. So, I don't know, you know, what kind of what he's going to do under the hood. Or, I don't know. That's you know. interesting. Mm. Do you find it? I find that ridiculous. So it might be taking, <laughs> might be taking West Brom to the pits, though. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, for, for me, that was got, no, that got me. So first, I was like trying to ignore it because yeah. I really don't, I don't fancy him at all. Okay. And I, and then he opened his mouth and started going on about how he learned from Eddie Jones and how, what he learned from the Formula One. He said uh, the logistics because you know they go from one weekend to another on another continent. Yeah. What on earth? This is going to be useful to you, from <laughs> which champion? Oh well, when you go from you know. I think you need to speak to Birmingham. More, no, it's just like one. It makes no sense to hire him, apart from the fact that one of his best friends is the the West Brom sort of technical director, sporting uh-huh. director, whatever. Two, and then he comes off with BS like that. When you think like, what, like what, what, what planet do you live on? And mm. okay, maybe he's going to do well. And I still think that really he thinks that West Brom going to get it into Europe. He's going to be going to Monaco. He's yeah, be going so to, you know. listen, guys, when we go to Monaco in the Europa League, I've got all sorted. The logistics I learned from Force Force India that year when I was there for the Formula One is is priceless. Just pack your stuff, put it on the. Oh my God! Fine. It got it got Charles, it wind me up so much. Well, you'll enjoy these numbers then at Palace. He had a run of one win in 17, although he did get to a cup final. Newcastle, he oversaw six consecutive losses in a famous 24-game run that you remember it was like a Welsh railway station. It was just a little, 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 little. It, Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so we'll see how things go, because if, if this result goes the right way for West Brom's visitors, Palace, his former side, they could be out of the bottom three draws this weekend. Yeah. That's an exciting game. Other exciting games include Watford against Spurs. We mentioned that. Uh, Stoke against Swansea. Uh, Swansea having a rotten time. Brighton hosting Liverpool. Palace, by the way, of course, had that nil-nil uh, a little bit anticlimactically on uh, Tuesday away at Brighton, who are, as we all know, their huge rivals. And they're so sick, Palace, of everyone asking them why there's this big rival. They actually produced a little in- information video wow. about it. It's very nicely done, so actually. Why, why are they... Why oh, I can't be asked. <laughs> watch the video. It's like I'm Venables <laughs> and Mullery and yeah. some small change. No, I did watch uh, that. Tackle. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, nil-nil that one. What else is happening? Watford are taking on Spurs. Stoker up against Swansea. Lots of problems there for both sides. Brighton, who were in that nil-nil with Palace, uh, are taking on Liverpool. Burnley are at Leicester. We mentioned that. They beat Bournemouth away on Wednesday. And Bournemouth are going to be hosting Saints in that kind of... Derby, yeah. Is it a derby? It's almost too polite to be a derby. What? Too polite as in the... the... It's just kind of all quite pleasant, isn't it? I am, but still good. Mm. All right. And, uh, yeah, and Chelsea-Newcastle, right. And, of course, then the big one. Actually, you know what is big this weekend? Notts County against Oxford City. I was about to say. Yeah. Which is FA Cup second round. It's happening this weekend. Loads of FA Cup second round. But that's the one I'm going to be at for really? uh, noted uh, pay TV, you know, satellite sports broadcaster. Yeah, looking forward to that. Noscanti are the, the oldest. Kevin Nolan, of course. Yeah, and the, yeah. Oldest, ever, the oldest professional club. Yeah, although I think game. Sheffield, did, uh, is it Sheffield United dispute that? No, Sheffield FC. Oh, Sheffield, Sheffield FC. FC. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, all sorts of exciting things. It's I don't not... think they dispute it. I think it, the, I think Notts County are the, the oldest association club. I yes, think. Oh, that's it, yeah. yeah I okay. think that's the difference. As well as 
The club that gave Juventus their strip? Yes, mm. that is true. Good. Oh, yeah, anyway, sorry. Arsenal, Man United. Oh, yeah. Go on, then. Do you want a little bit of music just so we get ourselves yes. revved up? Music, Maestro, and then Arsenal, Man United. Right, we've got long for this now, actually. Uh, but it's a clash of some really interesting dynamics here because Jules, Man United looked terrific away to Watford. Yep. There was a slight wobble in the second half. But all in all, it was a great performance. And Ashley Young and Jesse Lingard, even though you weren't that impressed. Yep. But Arsenal, it, they do this to me every year, but I'm believing in them again. I know. Everybody, everybody. It does, and does it's that not just on the field either, because we, we talked about uh, Sven Mislintat. Yeah. Well done. I love the pronunciation. Let's see if you can get the Spanish guy right. Well, okay, so then now they've hired another guy, head of football relations... Takes a run-up at this Raul Sanlieli. Yeah. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Sanlieli. What's he do? Good. What's a head of football relations? Are these signings important? Some say that this is Arsenal creating the framework to kind of consciously disengage from the big Mr. W. I think it's succession yeah. planning, no? Yeah, I'm not sure succession planning that well, but I think he's somehow restructuring the club. Per Metesaka, obviously, at the end of the season, would be the head of the academy, which Ooh. I think is very important. Because uh, their last one left for was the Bundesliga, didn't he? Yeah, Wolfsburg, I think. Yeah, Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg. Right. But, and he was not very good either, which ah. I think Per Metesaka is going to be very good in that role. I think if you've got Raul Sanieli and, and, and Sven Mislinta as well, you're good. He's still... Doesn't mean that Wenger is not going to decide because he still decides if they buy a pen at the training ground. You know, he decides still everything. Mm. But at least you'll have other people there with him to give opinion, to help him in a way, although he doesn't, he never really feels he needs help. But I think he's good. I think it's, it's a good thing that Jens Lehmann is there, even if he doesn't do much, it's still a good thing as well. And, and there's signs that maybe he is opening up a little bit, which Wenger. I think was needed, yeah. Okay. What you, what's the mood now within the club? Much more positive uh, than it was a few weeks ago, and Do you obviously. think the players... Have, I mean, are the likes of Sanchez and Ozil, do you think... I'm sorry to ask this boring old question, no, but, no, but do you think this kind of increased positivity could lead to them staying? No. I don't think they will stay. I think it's too late now. It's too late. And why would they... They, they will have three, four, five big clubs waiting, queuing for them in, in June. Okay. And I, and I think it's a shame, but as much as they enjoy... Their football right now, which they do, they they will enjoy their football next season somewhere else. Then they know that already. You know, mm. they they're not going to go to a rubbish club in the second division in Bolivia. So it's not that or staying. So, but it's a shame. It's a shame. Okay. What about this game then? Despite the, it's changing a little bit, but still, Mourinho has an excellent record against Arsene Wenger. But what he doesn't have an excellent record against is top six sides. No wins in his last eleven away against the. Big six, goalless in nine of the last ten, mm. which is, the, I guess, the most scary stat of all. I think that speaks to his tactics, being too negative, his approach in, in games like these. I think it's one of the reasons why um, Romelu Lukaku in this moment, what, he's only scored one goal in 11 games. They played Liverpool and they played against Spurs um, in that time and uh, he hasn't been able to make an impact. The knock always against him was that he doesn't score against... Um, the big clubs, he's a flat track bully. But I think there are a few other things maybe uh, playing into into that drought, if you like. For example, you know the time that Pogba was out as well. Um, Ibrahimovic coming back as well. But I think, to be honest, I, I think that would be as big a problem as it was made out on, on BT the other night. Rio Ferdinand seemed to think that 
Zlatan coming back to fitness had or or had maybe sown some seeds of doubt into Lukaku's head and that he was, you know, thinking or oh, I've got there's more pressure for me to perform now mm. because Zlatan will come in. But I'm not sure that's entirely the case. But um yeah, he needs a big performance, as do United in, in this game, as you mentioned, there's that toxic record and with City coming up as well, they can't afford toxic, to be dropping toxic record. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Can't afford to be dropping points. They they want yeah. to be still attached in you know even though that yeah it's it's an eight point gap at the moment going into that Manchester derby in, in order to do that they need to win at the Emirates right I feel that this this fixture although I know he normally ad- ad- adopts a defensive approach but Arsenal are the kind of open team that they could really have a go at surely United oh I think they will and and also because he wants so badly to beat Wenger again yeah. I think there's the kind of like, okay, before he would have been happy with a nil-nil draw against, you know, Chelsea and those all those big games, especially away from home. This time he would think like, you know, we can win this one, we're gonna go for it, which is gonna play into Arsenal's hands as well, because they're obviously much better when when they've got a bit of space. Yeah. Whoever plays up front, like we said, it might be Giroud, it might be Welbeck, it could be Alexis, you know, whatever. I think they would more fancy that than someone just sitting deep and trying to hit them on the counter, which in fairness, should probably be United's tactics because even like that, they could probably win. But I feel, like you said, that they will go for it and and it should make a good game. To be what fair. a shame Lacazette stopped playing, Jules. I feel, I feel for Lacazette because he's benched against Liverpool mm. and he's benched against City mm. when he's fit. He comes on against City, scores. Then he plays against Tottenham, which is you know one of the biggest games you want to play. And he's good. He, he gives an assist to Alexis as well. And this is the next one where you really want to play. It's the United clash at the Emirates. It's under the lights and everything. And, well, no. I feel a bit bad for him. Um, me too. When's the game? On Saturday evening. Wow. Did I, did I tell you, by the way, when, when I... Uh, a few weeks ago when I was leaving the pods... Oh, yeah. And I go back to the tube at Oxford Circus because we're recording not far from Oxford Circus and I cross the road and there's a big Ferrari, red Ferrari... Yes. ...who is like... I have to go around the Ferrari to cross the roads uh-huh. and I look at the red plane it's a French red plane and I'm thinking wow this is a bit weird anyway and the the, the, the windows were tinted, tinted so yeah. I couldn't see but so I, as I'm walking after you know he crossing the road the, the, the cars turn in, so in my direction so I turn around and see and it was Alexandre Lacazette with his girlfriend no looking way. really lost in central London like right. uh, where, where are we going what are we doing next did you, did you say I just that? waved I just waved and then went on the tube I thought Sorry. you were going to say it was pards in a Ferrari <laughs> with ah. Lacazette's girlfriend <laughs> 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 that, that wouldn't happen that um, well that's the weekend's football having discussed it all in painstaking editorial detail we're going to finish off, listeners, by handing over to Ian McIntosh, who's going to get the odds with Paddy Power. Thanks, Jimbo. Well, I'm here with Paddy Power himself. Paddy, how are you? I'm great, Ian. How are you getting on? Yeah, not too bad. Busy night for you guys last night? Uh, yeah, always a busy night. It's great to have a bit of decent football back, isn't it? Like during, uh, during midweek especially. It feels like a little pre-Christmas treat, you know? Um, you've got a game for us, haven't you? Uh, we do, we do. Yeah, we've got a, a game called Hot Shot Jackpot, which yeah. is a bit of a mouthful, but it's probably <laughs> worth the mouthful because <laughs> it's a, it's this, it's this, it's a free to enter game. We started last season, and it's, it's running into this season. What happens is we put up a quarter of a million. Uh, in a pot and all you have to do it sounds easy like all these competitions but uh, all you have to do is pick the first goal score in six matches and it's free to enter but when it's not won 
uh, we add 25 grand to the pot each week. And it so happens that we've gone, I think, 10 weeks now. Well, it is 10 weeks because there's half a million quid up for grabs. So it's gone 10 weeks since, since it's been won last. So I thought it was worth giving a shout out because there's a chance to win half a million for, well, basically for free. So you just, you, all you do is you, you go through the one of the Paddy Bear apps and enter your, your six goal scores in the six games. happen to be correct then uh, you'll walk away with a share of, if not the whole lot yourself, of uh, half a million quid. And literally, you don't even have, don't have to have a bet, don't have to even have an account, you just have to be over 18, and you just enter, and you enter the competition, and it's free to go. And uh, yeah, cross your fingers and your toes, I guess. <laughs> well, we'll be playing too. Um, obviously, if we win, our winnings will go to charity. So let's have a look at the games that we've got this week. First up, Brighton versus Liverpool. I mean, Mo Salah seems the obvious choice, but what about Adam Lallana? He's 17-2 to two to... Uh, to, to bang the first goal in but it just like it kind of forgot Adam, Adam Lallana even existed because we haven't heard much about him for the last while as well so I think it would uh, increase the chances of you winning it to yourself but not necessarily increase the chances of you winning it I think in my view I think Lallana's a, a brave shout Liverpool should win I think a brave shout Lallana I think the hardest one to call is Leicester Burnley isn't it Leicester look a bit uh, a bit more like themselves Burnley, <laughs> Burnley moved above Tottenham last night um, what do we reckon here? You're right, Leicester have suddenly come back to a little bit of form, which is interesting. So so Vardy is the favourite uh, to score first in the match. But on, and on the Burnley side, you've got Chris Wood, Sam Vokes, Ashley Barnes, all those ones to the top of the market on the Burnley side. But um, but yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a real even game. It's the sort of game you could see being a scoring draw, like, but, uh, but somebody's got to score first. So who are you going for here? What could I get on uh, Jeff Hendricks? He's uh, finished that lovely goal at Goodison Park earlier this season. What, what's he? Yeah, I was worried about when he cut his hair that he might be like, a bit like Samson, but it hasn't <laughs> turned out that way. He's still in good form. So he's 10-1 to 1, Hendrick. And again, it's getting more and more likely that you'll be a very, very um, greedy single winner, but greedy <laughs> until you give it to charity. Then obviously very generous. <laughs> uh, Watford Tottenham. Uh, Harry Kane carrying an injury, it seems. Um, has that done anything to his odds? Yeah, he's 11-4. to four. He's very short. He's about the shortest price first goal score you'll get every week because he keeps banging them in. So, uh, But he is 11-4. to four. He's he's clear favourite. And it's just hard to not pick him, isn't it? No matter what the game is. I mean, Tottenham aren't, aren't as uh, convincing as they were a few weeks ago. But at the same time, you got to think they they probably they would be definitely favourites to beat Watford and, and Harry Kane. He has to be the one. Like the next best on, on the uh, on the Watford side, it's seven to one. Is it the shortest price goal score? So Harry Kane really does look like uh, he's head and shoulders above in terms of likeliness to score. So yeah, I, I think this is the most sensible pick you've had so far. <laughs> um, Meza Özil had an absolutely amazing game against Huddersfield. Um, what can we get in Arsenal Man United for him? Yeah, he's a big price. He's the same price as Lallana. And you kind of would prefer Ozil to, to Lallana, wouldn't you? Although, the only thing is, like, Arsenal's record against United obviously isn't great. Um, the old Mourinho versus um, Wenger factor. But Ozil, he is in good form. He's obviously a confidence player. And he's kind of given the fingers to the to his doubters, I think, in, in the crowd and that. So he probably will kick on from that. So, yeah, I wouldn't put you off. I mean, if you're going to pick somebody on the Arsenal team, you wouldn't put you off him. Kind of in the back of my mind is that Marino might set up to, to basically take him out of the game so much. But, um, but yeah, sure, I, I couldn't put you off, Ozil. OK, uh, Callum Wilson, Bournemouth against Southampton. He's come back from two hideous injuries and he's scoring freely. What can we get there? Yeah, he's he's one of the favourites himself and Charlie Austin and Gabby Adi. Are, are all five to one, so yeah, he's he's an obvious choice and a, a very very worthy favourite, I think. So yeah, I wouldn't put you off Callum Wilson at all. He's got a reasonable chance. If I wanted to go completely crazy, Man City versus West Ham, Andy Carroll to score. Yeah, I think 
crazy is more than adventurous, I would have thought, in this one. But uh, yeah, he's he's 13 to 1 to score the first goal, which hopefully isn't indicative or isn't a, some sort of sign about the uh, the luck that it's going to bring you. But yeah, if you're getting this far and you're relying on Andy Carroll for half a million quid, you'll be going like, why the hell did I put in Andy Carroll? But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's very likely, it's, it's no very likely that it won't be Carroll, put it that way. Well, you can find out all those odds and more at paddypad.com. You can play along by downloading the Hotshot Jackpot app. 18 plus only, though, of course. Be gamble aware. And, of course, when the fun stops, stop. That's it for today's Totally Football show. Jules and James. Jules et Jim, oh, yeah. if you will. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Uh, really enjoyed that little uh, romp. Uh, through through all the football that's been out there and some of the stuff to come. Football that we're going to be reviewing on Monday in the show. George, you got a special plans for the weekend? No, watching I'm watching, just sports. watching loads of sports. Yeah, the Ashes is second test as well. Oh, yeah. of course. James? Uh, no, I'm just going to be watching uh, Napoli event on of Friday. Of course, night. again and again and mm. again. Yeah, And I'll be making my way to Meadow Lane for some of that Notts County against Oxford City. Woo! Catch up with you on Monday, everybody. Hope you have a great one.